Timothy just being like, yikes, what did I get myself into? And Paul doesn't say, yeah, man, oh yeah, you got yourself, you're in way over your head, bro, be freaking out. He says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power. The dynamic of the Holy Spirit, that dunamis of the Spirit, there's power and there's love, that word agape, self-sacrificial love and a sound mind. He's like, look, don't be timid and fearful. God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. When difficulties come our way, we don't have to be afraid. We have something, or rather, someone on our side who is much greater than anything the enemy can throw our way. Pastor Daniel shares today how the Holy Spirit fills us with the security and strength we need to conquer any situation. We may not be able to see that in the moment of trial, though, so Pastor Daniel encourages us to surround ourselves with people who will remind us. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message, The Need for Humility, Direction. Somebody might be saying, okay, spiritual direction, but don't we get that at church on Sunday? Isn't that why we're here? We're going to worship and we're going to study. Listen, preaching might help, but the act of preaching that the Bible tells us to do, right, and that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, it's actually imperfect in the work of discipleship because I realize as a preacher, I preach a message, but you actually don't hear the message that I preach you actually hear the message that you preach to yourself while I'm preaching. Yeah, I know it's what goes on. See, I preach a message, but as I preach God's word, you actually, each one of you in your own heart and mind, preach a message based on what I'm preaching. Like right now, some of you are like, I hope I turn the oven off. (laughs) Did I shut the curling iron off? I wonder what the football score is. Is Fusco really wearing purple? You know? Like, all this stuff goes on in your mind. And I know it's the case because I've listened to enough messages and I listen to enough messages. I don't only hear what the preacher says. I hear what the preacher says and then I preach my own message to myself. I hope my spouse is hearing this. I hope so-and-so is hearing this. I wonder if I'm even here. Do I even like Crossroads? Well, you know, you have all these things that go on in your heart and mind when the message is going on. So preaching is meant to wash us with the water of the word, but spiritual direction isn't when you get preached. It's how you integrate God's word into your life. That's why here at Crossroads, all of our ministries, I love what God's doing because our men's ministry, growing like crazy. Women's ministry, growing like crazy. All these ministries are growing and they all have a group's component to it because we realize we have enough content. Are we actually dealing with the content and letting it shine on our lives? This January, our group's ministry, for everyone who's not being caught in all the other ministries, we have our group's ministry. So important. Because it needs to be not one directional, but it needs to be people who care enough about you to shine the light on your life. See, for most of us, everything that goes on in our life spiritually is actually rooted in friendships. And I'm here to tell you, your friends are not your spiritual directors. They're not. You know why? Because most often your friend is just like you. 
Your friends like what you like, doesn't like what you don't like. How many times, we can all have it in our hearts, you get upset about something, right? You get upset and you're rightfully mad and you're talking to your friends like, I am so PO'd about that thing. That means pissed off, just so everybody knows, right? I did say it in church, right? You say, I am so pissed about that. And they're like, yeah, well, you have the right to be pissed. That's what your friends do, right? They affirm your garbage. You know why? Because what POs you is going to PO them. But guess what? Is that the healthiest piece of advice? Heck no. Not in a million years. When someone says, I am so pissed off. Someone should say, why are you pissed off? Jesus died for you. Like, is God glorified in your anger? No. The righteousness of man never produces, or the wrath of man never produces the righteousness of God. But your friends affirm you in your junk where a spiritual director will love you enough to say, you know what, you may feel that way, but you need to change the way you feel because Jesus doesn't feel that way and he's not glorified in what you're thinking. Don't think for a second your spouse is a good spiritual director either. You know why? Now, some of you who are newly married, you're going to learn, you're going to learn When you first get married, your spouse is all up in your stuff. Like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to be so spiritual. And then after a while, they're going to say, I ain't dying on that hill anymore. Your spouse isn't the Holy Spirit in your life. And your spouse learns over time that there's just certain battles they don't want to fight anymore. So you're like, look, if I'm going to die on a hill, I'm not dying on that hill. And so your spouse oftentimes realizes that there's certain things they just don't want to go anywhere near. They wouldn't touch it if you paid them to. And that's not a spiritual director. A spiritual director is somebody who is willing, who you give the opportunity and the authority to speak into your life, to show you your blind spots. Because you know what the problem with a blind spot is, right? You don't know that you have them. That's why they're called a blind spot. And the problem, your friends, if they're your friends, they probably have the same blind spot. Right? So they have the blind spot. You have the blind spot. Nobody sees it. But then you give somebody else who isn't just like you, wouldn't be the person that's your best friend, your BFF, you know? And now they have a different view of it. And their only concern is making you more like Jesus and reflecting back to you God's heart. Don't we see this all over the Bible? Think about it. Moses spiritually directed the children of Israel. Think about Joshua, right? Moses poured into the life of Joshua so that Joshua could be the next leader. You have a prophet like Elijah. Elijah poured into Elijah so that Elijah could take the mantle of ministry, right? Jesus, he poured into the 12 disciples. I mean, who would have thought that those 12 knuckleheads could get anything right? But the investment of Jesus in their life, they turned the entire Roman Empire right side up in their own generation because of the investment of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul obviously is a phenomenal example of somebody who is pouring down into people's lives to help them grow and become all that God would have them be. So we see this idea of spiritual direction all the way through the Bible, life upon life, People giving people the opportunity to be a change agent in their own lives. And I'm going to encourage each one of you, you need to have people in your life who don't just affirm who you are, but love you enough to want Jesus' best for your life. And 
No matter where you are, you need to find other people who you can pour down and invest into. So I'm going to show us spiritual direction from 2 Timothy chapter 1. So open up in your Bibles there, 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to be taking verses 3 to verse 14. And I'm literally going to take this text from both how can I be a good spiritual director, so to speak, and how do I navigate somebody who is being that in my life? So I want to give you some parameters for it. So open up your Bibles. I'm going to take verses 3 to 14, and I'm going to really show you Paul writing to Timothy, who is somebody who Paul was a spiritual director in Timothy's life. And 2 Timothy was most likely the Apostle Paul's very last letter that he wrote. So you get a sense of the ministry that Paul was doing and his care for Timothy and how he gets at this. And I think there's a lot for us in these verses, quite beautifully, actually. So look at what it says. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. It says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers, night and day greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to him and his own purpose and grace, which he has given us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ was abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. These verses are beautiful, and there's a lot in them. But you'll notice first that direction is spiritual relationship. The idea of direction, it's spiritual relationship. It's not like your friends. Paul is making an investment spiritually in the life of Timothy. For most people, you have your friends and your friends care about you and they do the things that you like to do. But direction is spiritual relationship. Look at how it begins. It says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, verse 3, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. So first and foremost, Paul, as a spiritual director for Timothy, every time Paul prays, he's praying for this guy, Timothy. Whether Paul is just shutting his eyes and bowing his head, or he gets on his knees, or he he lays down on his face before the Lord, first and foremost, Paul realized that Timothy doesn't need Paul. Timothy needs the Lord, and he prays for him. 
Do you have somebody in your life who prays for you? Do you have people in your life that you pray for? Every time you start talking to the Lord, you start saying, Lord, will you take care of this person? See, Paul cares about Timothy enough to pray for him. Not only that, verse 4, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. See, not only is Paul praying for Timothy, but Paul can't wait to see Timothy. He realizes that Timothy has many tears, and we're going to see that Timothy is timid in some ways, no doubt because Paul is in jail. All this stuff is going on, and Paul can't wait to see Timothy, knowing that Timothy is full of grief right now, because seeing Timothy brings Paul tremendous amounts of joy. Not only that, verse 5. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. See, Paul knows Timothy's spiritual heritage. He knows that Timothy's grandmother and his mother were women of faith. And he's saying, look, your mom and your grandma had an unhypocritical, a pure faith, and it's in you also. See, a spiritual director takes the time to figure out where you've been and where you come from so that you can understand how can I serve this person to see them end up where God would have them to be. See, you notice this is not just a normal friendship. This is a friendship that has deep roots in the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul knows the gifts that God had placed in Timothy's life. And Paul's saying, I want to see the gifts that God has placed in your life. I want to see them flames fan so it's not just a little smolder fire, but that that fire is a total raging burner where the gifts of God are at work in such a pronounced way in someone's life. See, this isn't a normal friendship because your friends want you to be their friend. But direction, this spiritual relationship. Now it's, I want you to become all that God wants you to be. All that Jesus died and rose again that you would be. Do you have this type of relationship? I'll tell you, honestly, I would not be a pastor today if I did not have the investment of many people in my life. I think back to my pastor, John Henry Corcoran, who I brought, he came to see everybody a bunch of months back. I would not be a pastor today if it wasn't for Pastor John Henry Corcoran. God single-handedly used this man to grab me and take me under his wing, not to make me into his image, but to see God do in my life all that God wanted to do. And I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for Pastor John Henry. I don't know what I would be today. But he grabbed me and he said, and he used to say to me, he's like, Daniel, I don't want to make you what I want you to be. I want to see you become all that Jesus died and rose again that you'd be. And he he taught me and he showed me what it meant to be a godly man and a godly husband because he invited me to be a part of his family and I got to experience what a godly father looked like. And I had a great dad. My dad was, I love my dad to this day. But my dad wasn't a spiritual leader. He was a great dad in all the worldly ways. He taught me how to balance my checkbook, and he taught me how to hit a baseball, and he taught me how to be a nice person. But my pastor taught me how to follow Jesus. He didn't try and pigeonhole me into his thing, but he said, I want the gifts and talents that God gave you 
to come to the surface. I'll never forget the first time I preached for my pastor. I was, I mean, I was 23 years old and no business being in a pulpit, probably still, you know. And I remember after it was over, he's like, Daniel, God wants to use you in a powerful way. He's like, God's given you a gift of teaching. It's totally unrefined. Let's refine it. And he started giving me books on teaching, and he would talk to me about the messages, and he would encourage me. And he used to say things like, Daniel, you know, you have a great mind. You can think about these really complex things and make them simple. I can't really do that. I need to think about simple things, and I hope I don't make them complicated. But he's like, man, you just need to keep reading. My pastor used to drop books on my desk, big books, like tomes. And he'd like read them, and let's talk about them in two months. And so I would go, okay, you're the boss. I read that thing. And he'd be like, man, I'm happy you're reading it because I would never read that book. He's like, I'm just using you as a way to get all this information. And it was great because he's like, you have this brain. You got to use it. My brain, I get confused if I read a book that's too big. So you just explain it to me and I'll understand. I can roll it out there like I know what you're talking about. And it was a great friend. Like, and to this day, to this day, because of his investment in me. But I got to tell you, I said yes to the investment. I think for a lot of us, you're stuck in a rut. But you're not actually humble enough to let somebody call you on your garbage. You actually like your garbage. You've become very comfortable with it. But you have to say yes to what God wants to do. I want to speak to those of you who are here who are older. Just because you're older and been in Christ a long time doesn't mean that you're necessarily growing right now. So you know what happens oftentimes? You're in church long enough. And it's funny because I've realized lately, I've been talking more. I I often talk to folks here who aren't Christian because I know there's many of you and I want to see you become a Christian. And I've been neglecting a little bit talking to those of you who've been a Christian for so long that all your friends are in the church. And I'm here to tell you that it's super important that you allow people to speak into your life as well. Because what happens as you get older in the American culture, you put in your time, you do all the work, You build up your nest egg, and then you spend the rest of your life working on your pinochle game or your short game, or you go boating every day. And I'm here to tell you, that's just not in our Bibles. But if you're around all people who are doing the exact same thing, who've become settled, you're actually missing what God has created you for. I think of Pastor Bill Ritchie and Betty Ritchie, founding pastor and his wife, You know, Pastor Bill, he's so knee-deep in what's going on in Clark County right now. I mean, after 40 years of ministry, you think he could be like, okay, I'm done. You know? But it's like, no, it's like, he's busier now than he was when he was on staff. He's Clark County Council on Aging. He's the chairman. This whole thing that's going on with homelessness in Clark County, he's in the middle of it. Right? His wife, Betty, she's been serving in kids' ministry for 40 years. What's she doing now? Serving in kids' ministry every single week. Why? Because the American dream of working my tail off so I can retire and I can become like a Sudoku guru or something is not really exactly what God sent Jesus to die and rise again for you to do. It's true. It's like, you don't have to clap. Everyone's just like, Fusco, you can't say that. You're almost 40. Like it's, You're not allowed to say that yet. But listen, is that really God's will for our big brothers and sisters in the faith? That you put in your time and now you coast to the end? Is that why you have breath in your lungs? No. But what happens is, is if all your friends are doing that, you live your life for the next vacation. 
You're like, oh man, I can't wait for the new season of whatever show that's really the driving passion of my life. That's not life. But it's a blind spot that our culture has given us. So we need spiritual friendship. And not only do we need spiritual friendship, but you have to realize that direction involves challenging encouragement. Direction involves challenging encouragement, like I was just doing to my big brothers and sisters in the faith, just there. Challengingly encouraging you to be different. Look at what it says in verse 7, because Paul does it to Timothy. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. See, true spiritual direction is both challenging and it's encouraging. See, Paul challenges Timothy. Notice what he says. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Timothy, by all accounts, was a fearful, timid kind of guy. We saw earlier that he had many tears. And you can imagine if Timothy is doing the work of the ministry... Right, But he's kind of fearful and he's kind of timid. And then his mentor, Paul, is in jail. You can imagine Timothy just being like, yikes, what did I get myself into? And Paul doesn't say, yeah, man, oh, yeah, you got yourself, you're in way over your head, bro. Be freaking out. He says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power. The dynamic of the Holy Spirit, that dunamis of the Spirit. There's power and there's love. That word agape, self-sacrificial love and a sound mind. He's like, look, don't be timid and fearful. God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, a spiritual director, somebody who really loves you, will say, don't be fearful because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Isn't that a word for today? As the body of Christ is terrified to live in a world in America where Christianity isn't given a priority and they get upset about coffee cups and people saying Xmas instead of Christmas as if that means anything to anybody. And people say, oh, we can't say anything. No, God has given us not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And we need to stop hearing, it's okay to be cranky about everything and start saying, no, God has given us a spirit of love. Instead of anger. He's given us a spirit of power instead of weakness. And he has given us a sound mind instead of a leaky mind. And we need that, don't we? See, Paul doesn't just let a dead dog lie. He says, no, Timothy, don't be timid. Be bold. And then notice what else he says. No, he says that. He says, and do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. He's saying, look, don't be ashamed of the fact that I'm in the pokey. Instead, that's slang for jail, depending on where you're from. The big house, clink, I got all the names. Behind bars. He's like, look, sure, everything could tell you you should be scared because I'm in jail, but don't be. Actually, why don't you come and join me? That's what he says to him. He's like, look, He's like, you should live in such a way that if they're going to arrest Christians, that you get picked up and locked up. Jesus is real. God has incredible plans for each of our lives. Sometimes, though, we get caught up in our own stuff in this world to be able to see it. 
Pastor Daniel today reminded us that having someone around to help us see where we need to grow is essential to moving forward. I am so excited that you are part of the Jesus is Real family. Thanks for listening to the radio program. Did you hear? I also wrote a book and I want my brand new book, Upward, Inward and Outward, Loving God, Loving Yourself and Loving People. I want it to bless you and bless everyone you know. Jesus in his greatest commandment said we all live in three directions, upward, inward, and outward. And we want to grow and learn that the art of living is loving in all these three directions. So get the book wherever you like to buy books, and I'll see you guys soon. Upward, Inward, Outward, Loving God, Loving Yourself, and Loving People is a fascinating book that we know will help you in your walk with Jesus. Please visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to receive your very own signed copy when you support Jesus Is Real Radio with a gift of $15 or more. Again, a special signed copy of Upward, Inward, Outward, Loving God, Loving Yourself, and Loving People is available at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel shares how spending time with a church body and contributing to it as well is so important in our walk with God. We find instant support and community when we allow other believers to enter our lives. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series, The Art of Living. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.